Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another Mornings with the Masters, where we devote ourselves to the Lord daily with you. Good morning, you guys. Good morning, indeed. I just want to give a few prefaces before we pick up. Number one, we're, we're picking back up in New Morning Mercies. Number two, we're going to split the devotional in half. I'm going to read the large chunk of scripture that has a lot of fun like mm-hmm. names, and I'm likely going to butcher them. So hang in there and stick, stick in it with us as we're going to do our best to honor God's word in every word. And so stay sticking with us on that. And then Tori's going to pick up while I grab Micah. So so we're doing the best we can, but what a blessing. Okay. It opens up by saying, faith is about measuring your potential, not on the basis of your natural gifts and experience, but in the surety of God's presence and promises. It is almost a humorous story. It's found in Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 18. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abrazerite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all of his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak to me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out a present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. God approaches Gideon to call him to lead Israel in a very important battle and calls him a mighty man of valor. Where does he find this mighty man? He finds him threshing wheat in a wine press. He's doing something indoors that you would normally do outdoors because he is afraid of the very people whom God is going to call him to attack. God calls him a mighty man, not because of Gideon's natural strength and courage, but because of what Gideon will be able to do and the power that God will give him. We know this is true because God begins his statement with these words, the Lord is with you. Poor, fearful Gideon even questions that. Then Gideon essentially says, God, you must have the wrong address. I'm the least son of the most inconsequential tribe in all of Israel. How in the world do you expect me to save Israel? As this statement reveals, Gideon both misunderstands who he is and who God is. If you fail to remember who God is in his power, glory, and grace, and you forget who you are as a child in his family, you will always mismeasure your potential to do what God has called you to do. You will measure your capability based on your natural gifts and the size of whatever it is that God has chosen you to face. Thankfully, since God is with you, 
you have been blessed with wisdom and power beyond your own that give you potential you would not have on your own. Yeah, I find this one so interesting because it touches on a few things that I think most of us in Western society fail to understand, which is the importance of the Father's blessing and the importance of like your role in the family mission. Because so many of us in the West are being raised as independents, where like my my family is just a trampoline or a bounce board to my independent future that I desire for myself. Yeah. Whereas when you read the scripture that was there and you hear is like, he's like, but Lord, what's going on here? You know, I'm from not the best family and I'm the least of those from the tribes. Right. How can I do this? I'm not a man of valor. And so I think what's really important is that we need to capture that, that in those times, and even now, even if we don't live like it, it's important to remember not only who we are, but whose we are. And we can't remember the first until we know the second, because it changes the first. Once you know whose you are, you are God's child, it'll change who you are. And that's so important to us, but we can't let our own individualism or own independent desires keep us from remembering those things because otherwise we'll just operate as a solo act versus being a part of God's larger symphony. Wow, babe. So powerful. Um, I feel like as I was reading it, it just reminds me of all the different examples in the Bible where God calls someone to something and then they not only question God, they question why he chose them. And I'm sure there's some of you out there that you're questioning what am I supposed to do? Or you felt the call of God and then immediately just feel insecure about it. It feels too big for you. And then you're like, oh, that must not be what God's calling me to do because I'm not talented enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. And then you just discredit yourself completely because of your own ability and doing it in your own strength. But the beautiful part about this, and I think the reason the Bible shows us this so many different times with so many different people, so many different examples, is it's not about him. It's about what God wants to do here on earth. And he chose him to do it through. And because he didn't come from the most incredible family and because he was not a man of strength and power, that's the exact reason why God's power was so evident in the story. If he had have been part of that family, if he had have been that strong, maybe that story wouldn't be in the Bible because it's not glorifying God to the extent that it is the way it was written. And I think so often we do that in our own life where we only dream in the realm of realistic when God is saying, I live outside of your reality. And if I'm calling you to it, then I'm going to give you the grace, the strength and the wisdom to see it through. I love that, babe. You ready for me to pray sign out? I am. Oh, Lord, thank you for this wonderful reminder that we are your children, God, and that changes everything. We belong to you, and you withhold no good gift from us, Lord. Would you help us to find peace in remembering that we belong to you and that we have a Father who loves us? Would you help us to find the strength that we need from you in the times where we feel helpless, Lord? Would you help us to be extra patient and extra kind and extraordinary amount of of patience and kindness with people whenever we're at the end of our own rope, God? Help us to share that same patience and kindness that you share with us, God. 
Help us to most importantly remember whose we are and let that flow over into who we are, God. We love you so much, and we're so thankful that we get to be your children. Don't let us live life in vain, forgetting who you call us to be and how much you love us, God. Help us to live with that freedom and that expectation of just uh, just being able to follow you and being able to do life with you, God. Help us to not be on autopilot or living life in fear and just feeling empty, God, but fill us up and, and help us really reveal the children that we are of you. In your sins, let me pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, God. Amen, God. Amen, y'all. And now's that perfect time to break out the worship music, break out the journal, and continue pressing to the Lord. Yes, and y'all don't forget that you are God's masterpiece. And don't forget that we love you. We love you guys, and we'll be talking to you tomorrow. Hasta luego. Hasta luego.